Hello, hello, hello out there in my lovely fandom, my lovely fan, my lovely family. How are you? This is your favorite friend, Agent K. Correction, Agent Kai. And I just wanted to reach out with y'all because something has been like oppressing my spirit a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I just thought we should talk about it for a little bit and... If you want to leave me a message or uh, an email or anything, all of my information will be at the bottom of this um, podcast as well as at the end of the podcast. So, let's talk about some things. Uh, You are now listening to the Imperfectly Perfect, the podcast. Your favorite friend here, Agent Kai, is on the Dial on your microphone, in your ears, in your speakers. Say hello to the world. Hello, 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 hello. (laughs) And this is episode 41. And it's entitled, You Never Asked Me. So, to give you a little... Um... A little background of where we are in my whole zeitgeist of my life right now. Um, Proceeding along with my pre-op, I fell a little behind with my diet because I hadn't had access to my kitchen in a little bit. My whole building is going under this many year renovation. And um, two weeks ago was my turn. And I'll probably do a blog of... A vlog, rather, of how I'm living right now and what is next in my whole next steps in my renovation. But um, I just got my kitchen back just for them to tell me on Tuesday they're coming in to paint. So I'm a little more, I'm a couple of steps down. So um, they've done the radiator, they've done the floors. They um, gave me dollhouse kitchen cabinets where are worth a piece of shit, personally. I don't like them, especially when they're two-thirds the size of the old cabinets. And um, they did the bathroom where they gave me a new toilet and a new sink. They're not giving me a new tub. So what's left is the backsplash, a radiator in the bathroom. The bathroom um, window, uh, painting the whole apartment and painting the uh, closet. Supposedly, then it'll be all done. They actually did rewire my whole apartment because they found out that the power that was coming to my radiator wasn't sufficient enough. So they had to get more power to go from one end of the apartment to the other, including already pre-wiring the wall for when they put a radiator in my bathroom. So they're going to be busting another wall in my bathroom. Yeah. So when I say I'm, they tell me I'm almost done, but you know, we'll see what it comes out when I do what I have to do. But I just wanted to go back to the subject. And um, since With all that going on and everything, me and my sissy have decided, you know what? Our birthdays are like two days apart. Let's just do a joint birthday party like we did some odd years ago. 
uh, except this is uh, more grown and sexy, strutting into our 40s. I'm already in my 40s. I'm halfway out. She is halfway in. So we're just going to have a good old time and strut into our 40s together, which we've been doing our 30s and 40s for a lot of time. So that brings me to the subject at hand. Um, nobody asked me, which is kind of weird. So in planning this birthday party for myself and my sissy, I started thinking about who would I want in my presence to celebrate my special day. So I've called, you know, some of my cruise family to come, some of my sorority sisters to come. I've called family members to come, including my sisters and my niece and and you know, it's going to be a great little shindig if you say, if I say so myself. Sissy's mom is going to be doing all the cooking. We looked at the place this weekend. It's wonderful. I'm I'm actually enjoying this process of planning my my birthday party because I think the last real birthday party was when me and Sissy celebrated over 10 years ago. And prior to that, I really didn't have a birthday party because we was always down south with family. And that didn't really count for a birthday with me because I was having a birthday with family. I wasn't having it with friends. I didn't have a sweet 16 or anything like that. My birthday always fell in the month, in the month of July. And I would leave June one age and come in September another. So it wasn't like I hanged out with my friends during the summer or anything like that. So I'm getting excited. I invited... You know, family members, as I said before. So one of the things was, I said, I can't leave out one of my older cousins out this scenario, right? Because he'll feel a certain type of way. So I call him up two, three weeks ago and let him know, we're going to be throwing this, I'm throwing this party for myself. I would love for him and his wife to come, right? And... Now, a lot of my family members haven't I haven't been in contact with for 20 years. It the door didn't start opening for me to be in contact with them as, until like May of last year when my cousin Monica rest in peace had gone on to get her just rewards. So, I'm trying to you know, work on myself as I'm working on my relationships, like we have been talking about all this time since I started this podcast, and I'm trying to reestablish family relations. And one of the things that fell in my lap was that my older sister had asked me, you know what, in the later of the year, can you come down to Atlanta and just spend some time with me and your great nephew? She never asked anything from me. I've never asked anything from her. I mean, I think the first time I asked her for anything was in May when I told her and my other sister, we don't have to hang out. We don't have to call every week or what have you. Just see about me every once in a while. That's all I need. It was a low maintenance commitment. It wasn't a commitment that said, I need you in my life every day or I need you in my life you know, every week or whatever. It was a low status commitment. And they agreed to do that. 
So everything right now, which I'm very appreciative of, is on my terms. And they're letting me really dictate what the relationship is going to be on my terms. And I appreciate that. I really do. My older cousin, on the other hand, I love him dearly, but nobody asked me. So I spoke to him. I told him the reasons why I ended up in the situations that I ended up in and how I got myself out. And his whole thing was, but your family, you shouldn't have had struggle like that. And I'm like, I agree, but guess what? Because I went through all that, I am able to say I grew from it and I'm a better person from it. Do I have animosity against the people who hurt me in my family? Yes, in some ways I do. Will I put myself in the situation where I'm with them all the time? Hell to the fucking no. I will keep my distance at every chance I get. No matter what. They could be burning on fire and I would just say burn baby burn because I feel that you had every um, ample opportunity to make things better and you didn't and some people in my family are playing stupid because they do they they were down with the program too that goes back to basically you listen to one side of the state But you don't know what the conclusion of the story is because you haven't heard the other side. So that's people in general. They'll sit down there and just listen to one side of the story and take it as fact. I'm not going to lie. I am a guilty party to that myself. But as I'm getting older, I'm deciding, you know what? I don't play those type of games. I don't do that type of shit no more. If it's not benefiting me in any kind of way and in my growth and my life, then I don't need you there. You understand? So, my older cousin, we're catching up. Now, I have told him the circumstances of me being homeless after my mother passed away three or four times. I think it's his old age that he's not really catching on real quickly. So, all my cousins love to bring up the fact They own their own property while I'm renting in New York. And they got multiple bedrooms that I could stay in at any time I want. But here's the thing. Nobody asked me to stay. They have told me I have to stay. And that's not something I want to do anyway. I have learned from my lessons as a child when we stayed in people's houses that I have to depend on people to carry me anywhere I want to go. I am a New Yorker. I'm used to having my own freedom, my own way of getting around. If I can't get around, then I'm not going. That's how I, the the everything boils down to. If I can't get from A to B on my own without waiting until you wake up at 2 o'clock, in the afternoon for something that we're supposed to be doing at 8 o'clock in the morning that I don't need to go. And that's the gist of it. So after this first phone call to my cousin, you know, 
He's talking about he going to shoot somebody and stuff like that. And I'm not going to lie. I fell for it because this is my cousin. He's older. I don't know what kind of craziness he might do in his older age. And he loves saying, I got guns. And I'm just like, I don't play with guns. I live a gun-free lifestyle for someone who lives in New York. You know what I'm saying? I don't know why I'm saying I know you're saying, uh, you know, and all that stuff. I'm, I'm regressing into past habits. So I have to practice not to do that. That's just a little side note. But I'm going back to the situation I had. He um, called me a week later, right? Actually, he texted me. He texted me and said, Oh, I think there's something wrong with my phone. Could you call me? Now, if this, I know what you're thinking. I know exactly what you're thinking. If this was a man I met on the street who said, Oh, I think something's wrong with my phone. You would fall for it and say, Okay, let me call him and check on his phone. And then, really, this is a man off the street. You're just going to sit down there and say, Nah, he trying to get me on the phone with him, blah, blah, blah. I'm not thinking that. This is my older cousin. Could be having problems with his with his phone or he's in a dead zone or something. So I call. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm in my backyard and, you know, sometimes my phone doesn't work. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I was being a good cousin, good family member and calling him. I'm getting off the phone. And then he goes, wait a second, I was thinking. I'm like, okay, what this man thinking now? He's like, you know, with your master's degree, you can be living mm-hmm. here in Alabama like a queen. I'm sitting there and I'm like, nobody asked me did I want to live in Alabama. Nobody asked me did I want to move in with him. Nobody asked me, did I want to stay with him when my sister had said, come to Atlanta, which would have been an insult to her when she's the one who sat down there and said, can you please come down to Atlanta? So as you can see, there's a whole lot of, did they ask you how you feel about this situation? He's inviting me to stay in his house, work for the state of Alabama until I get my feet up wet, um, uh, stabilized rather and then buy my own little property and all this other stuff and and I'm sitting there and my head is like going a mile a minute I'm like what and the first question that comes to my mind is nobody asked me I mean I can't even say that's a question that's a statement that came to my mind nobody asked me Three little words. So, let's, let, let me go a little back a little bit. I have a plan. I have a plan that I have already put in motion. I have decided, not only am I taking the exam again to get my credentials as a social worker, I have applied to get my doctorate in social work. Right, I have already resigned my brain to stay in New York for an additional three years to complete this degree in social work. I have also decided 
right, to put a plan in motion so that I can move where I want to move if I decide to move. I have family members who sit down there and say, you need to move down to Georgia. I can get you a now, they didn't say they buying me no property. They didn't say they buying me no land. They said, oh, we can work it out so that you can buy and own land down here and build your own house. Nobody said they buying me anything. Nobody said they flying me nowhere or anything. I did have one cousin say, oh, I'll drive up there and pick you up and bring you back down here. And I said, listen, I am not going through that. No, thank you. Then I have... Other family members, they're younger. They don't know no better. They're younger than me. They don't know what I got set up up here. See, nobody really knows what I got set up. Nobody knows that I'm moving into my purpose. They all say, you need to stop what you're doing and do what I say because I am the older cousin and you need to move down here. So the same cousin from Alabama sat down and texted me unsolicited the Alabama State Employment website. Now, before I go into the state website, right? My give you a little background on my cousin. My cousin has worked for the state of Alabama for many years. My cousin had a lot of health issues and the state of Alabama has paid for everything. State of Alabama is also renovating his house because now he's in an electronic wheelchair and he has lost an appendage that they are revamping both his bathroom and his kitchen free of charge. In my head, I'm like, that's great for you. Nobody asked me, did I want to live in Alabama? Nobody asked me, did I want to work in Alabama? Nobody asked me, did I want to buy property in Alabama? And the first thing he says, oh, you know, New York is expensive, right? Nah, kid, I haven't been living here 40 plus years not to know that New York is not expensive. But I'm going to tell you and I'm going to tell everybody else. I have been blessed. When I said I went through some shit and I came out smelling like a rose at the end, I went through some shit and I came out smelling out of the rose at the end where I got my blessing at the end. Repeat. I got a blessing at the end. I didn't ask for nobody's help. And then when I did ask for help, I got the door slammed in my face. So I stopped asking for help. And if that meant you feel a certain type of way because I disappeared from your zeitgeist for you to know everything that's going on in my life, then that's your problem, not mine. So he sends me the link. I look at the link. And he just says, look at it in the text. 
So I just want to prove in my brain that I'm right. I look at it. The first thing that pops up is an entry-level case planner, what we call a case planner, what they call a caseworker position. Even when I was entry-level case planner position, I walked into the, into the agency making almost 40. I go down to the state of Alabama, I go back to making $32,000. I am a supervisor right now. Working in this, with the state of Alabama, I, I don't, the, the district commissioner don't even make as much as I do as a supervisor working for the state of Alabama. And that's over 50 grand. I just say, nobody asked me what I had planned. What was my goal? Everybody assumes because they're older and quote unquote wiser that they know how my life should go. So I'm saying this because I'm not going to say I'm not the only one, but we all make mistakes. We all got to go through some kind of struggle to get to where we need to be. Now, I have no, I have never, ever, ever, ever disqualified anybody's struggle or even commented on their struggle in my family because most of my cousins were older than me. Um, I only had one cousin who was actually my age and he passed away. And then it was my younger siblings. So majority of my cousins are older than me. So when they went through their things, I felt like I was not knowledgeable enough to make a comment. All I could say is, I don't want to struggle like that. That was what I remember. And in my head, just seeing them struggle, I didn't want to struggle like that. Not knowing when I became of age and became a woman, I was going to have my own struggles. Only God knows that. And I'm just going to put it all to that. But for them to say, you need to pick up and move and come here. Nobody is saying, I'm going to finance you to put you up until you can find the things that you need to get to nobody's saying that they're just saying you need to pick up where you are to be near me i have never in my life have told anybody living in new york you should pick up and go to new york because i find that counterintuitive because if you have a plan and if you have a life that you are trying to establish, who am I to say, nah, kid, that's not good enough for you. You need to come down here where it's going to be better. That's insulting. I, 
I can understand if I was 22 years old, lost in the sauce, don't know which way I'm going. But even then, when I was 28 and lost in the sauce of life, I still found a way to make it out. And I made it out with very, very few scars. For someone to come to me who don't know me as a 40 something year old woman versus a 21, 18, 19 or 17 year old girl and tell me, oh, you need to leave New York and come down here with me doesn't work it does not work I am not struggling for the first time in probably 10 15 20 years I'm not struggling and if I am struggling it's struggling for the initial moment maybe a week maybe two weeks maybe a month you don't see me struggling for a year i have not gotten to the point where i'm struggling for a year i thank god for that what i don't like is that people making assumptions because they don't know your story they don't know your history all they know is the beginning chapters they don't know the middle and god damn it they don't know the end but yet they're telling you you need to do this, that, and the third. I have another older cousin, and, and and I do love all my cousins, and I love them in all different ways. He goes over the same maybe six, seven stories over and over again. And when I speak to him, I know there is some kind of mental health issue going on there and it's mostly because I trained and I learned and I I could see the signs and as a social worker I you know we're trained to listen so I don't really take his calls that often and at one point I thought he got the hint the reason why I don't take his calls so he called me just recently very very recently and I'm thinking it must be an emergency. He calling me and he talking about my brother. I don't want to talk about my brother. My brother's an idiot. My brother has mental health issues himself. And you, as someone who has mental health issues, keep giving him money. There's no need. Why? He's just going to kiss, tell you to kiss his ass in the end. You're financing his issues which you have not learned your lesson from financing your own siblings issues because now you think you can save him you're not saving him with a little hundred dollars here and a hundred dollars there you want to save him get him some help but obviously because we black we don't believe in mental health we don't believe in mental stability and I'm finding in my family when it comes to many of the males in my family whether they're born in the family or they're adopted they all got some kind of mental health defect going on whether they realize it or not so when he goes into my brother or if he goes into my grandmother's house and in fact when he talks about our grandmother because we have the same grandmother. He just says my grandmother. As if I don't count. 
So when he start going into our grandmother's house and they don't even say her name, they just say, oh, you know, at 34, I'll be like, I don't want to hear it no more. I told you months ago, there are certain things I will not discuss with you any further. And that's one of them. I said, you already talked about my brother and I don't want to discuss my brother because my brother, he does not keep in contact with me. I don't keep in contact with him. I don't know where he is. And nor do I care where he is at this time because all three of my brothers, God knows I love them to the bottom of my soul. All three of my brothers are emotionally, 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 mentally, and financially draining. And I'm finding keeping up with some of my cousins, they're the same goddamn way. And I can't do it. So nobody asked me what I wanted in my life. What I want to be involved in. What I want to do. But nobody asked me how I'm going to put all the pieces together. It's not like I sat down there and said, Hey, I'm lost. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. Then tell me your advice. I never came to nobody and asked them for no advice. I will vent. Like with Sissy, she knows. I'll vent. And then when I'm done venting, I'm okay. But the rest of these people, they just swear they know what's right for me. Oh, you up in New York by yourself? No, I'm not. I got some close friends who I have adopted as family. Right? Oh, you're not surrounded by family. What did surrounded by family get me in the first place? I got an uncle who's a son of a bitch. Sorry, grandma, but he is. Who is a selfish selfish man. Who sits down there and told people that I was killing somebody just to turn around in May and say, Oh, you need to come over to my house and cook for me. That's some bullshit right there. But what I love is nobody asks me how I am living, how I'm feeling, how I'm doing. Everybody wants to tell me what I should be doing. So let me tell you. What I have gathered from this situation is thus. If you don't know the story, you have no right to comment. Leave your opinions like we used to say when we were working with families of LGBTQ. When we start working with families that that identify as LGBTQ in the foster care agency. Leave your opinions and your personal beliefs at the door and pick them up at five. Because you still got work to do. That's how I feel right now. I'm still working on me. I'm, and God damn it, I'm very happy with me. I have came a long way in the last couple of years. And nothing like a good therapist and getting your mind right to help. All these people who say, I need to do this, I need to do that. Every last one of them are broken. None of them are getting help. Because, A, we're black people. Black people don't get help unless it's from the pastor. 
And that's a downright shame because the past is no good. Don't get, uh, let me not say no good. I'm going to say the past of the pastor, most, some pastors are not, how should I say, on the lines of a social worker or a therapist. Most of them get the dirt and start spreading it all around the church. Yeah. It's a mess. It's a downright mess. But what I'm saying is nobody asked me how I felt about the situation or how I am. What, what is my plan? I think I would have respect for more people if they did that. And I think everybody else would too. So I, I'm sorry. This was kind of a long one and probably more vent than, you know, actual lesson or what have you. But I just thought, you know, have you had that nobody asked me moment about a family member, a coworker, even your own sister, brother, or best friend at that? Nobody asked you how you felt about the situation. They just made assumptions based on how they feel. And that's not fair to anybody in the situation. So I'm going to bring this to an end. I love you all. Um, if you want to reach out to me, you can hit me up on Twitter at um, K of LDA or um, M-I-M-P Perfect, the pod on Twitter or X now, I guess. And you can also hit me up on my email address at ldaagentkai at gmail.com. That's ldaagentkai at gmail.com. Or you could buy me a coffee. And you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash agentkai. And um, let's keep this conversation going. I want to thank everybody who's been sending me messages and letting me know that they're listening. I love you all. And I hope to hear from you soon. Bye now.